Save mental energy managing your WordPress site with easy-to-use DIY features from WP Engine's managed WordPress hosting. Visit wpengine.com forward slash love your work for up to four months free. success for yourself and focus to do your best work yet. I'm David Cadavy and I'm a best-selling author and entrepreneur. I've built a body of work and a business that fits my lifestyle and I want to help you do the same. So every Thursday I bring you a new episode of Love Your Work. I seek out one-of-a-kind entrepreneurs and creators that break away from the pack. I dissect their unique paths and I pull out the lessons you can use for your own journey. So learn how you can turn challenges into opportunities, how can you cut out the noise to focus, and where can you find the clues that will lead you to your calling? So check out Paul Bennett on episode 15. He sailed around the world while running his business. Or Elise Bauer on episode 33. She bounced back from an illness to build a food blogging empire. Also, don't miss Jason Fried on episode 1 and former AOL CEO Steve Case on episode 25. I also bring on experts who will help you be more productive, creative, and healthier. So check out neuroscientist John Cunios in episode 8, Ryan Holiday on episode 31, and Dr. Terry Walls on episode 35. I'm now back in Columbia, and this is now my home base. I spent the past several weeks reducing my possessions down to a couple of suitcases. And as I seem to never learn, even when you think you don't have much stuff, you still have way more stuff than you think. And I even had the luxury of doing a sort of slow-motion minimalism I'd already lived several mini-lives over the years, and each time I had a deadline to get rid of stuff because I had to prep my apartment for whoever was going to be staying there while I was gone. But this time, everything had to go. I even shipped out my beloved $600 lamp to my parents, and hopefully we'll be reunited someday, though it's already kind of served its purpose in some ways simply by encouraging me to read more, like I talked about on episode 30. And in our conversation today, we'll be talking a little about minimalism and a lot about much more. Craig Benzine hit rock bottom when he wasn't getting any tables at his job as a waiter, and he feared he wouldn't be able to pay his rent. So he started making YouTube videos. Okay, it's not the first thing I'd advise you to do if you're having trouble paying rent, but it worked for Craig. He's built a life and living for himself, making videos featuring clones of himself imaginary whales, explosions, beards, and coffee. Craig is known on YouTube and elsewhere as Wheezy Waiter. Wheezy Waiter! So, my name is Craig, also known as Wheezy Waiter. I used to be a waiter, and I have asthma, but don't worry, it's under control. No, it's not! (laughs) Yes, it is. Since 2007, I have uploaded a buttload of videos. Side note, buttload is actually a unit of measurement referring to a certain size cask of wine or whiskey, which means I've uploaded about 129 gallons of video. I hope you enjoy your drink. Metaphorically, do not actually try to drink your monitor. Just because it's a plasma screen does not mean it's liquid. And he also runs a channel called The Good Stuff, where he teaches you all about things like renewable energy, robots, and albino squirrels. He also appears on a channel called Crash Course, where he's the U.S. government and politics instructor. And if all of that weren't enough, Craig is also in a band called Driftless Pony Club, and they've released six albums since 2004. I dabbled with making silly YouTube videos myself several years ago, and that's when I first discovered Craig's work. And I couldn't figure out how on earth Craig was managing to make a video every single day before going to work, going to his day job. And it was really inspiring to watch, but at the same time, it made me feel totally inadequate. 
Fortunately, I got to sit down with him in Chicago and ask him how he does it. You'll learn about how Craig uses habit building and constraints to increase his creative output. How does he manage to put out so much great work? You'll also notice how Craig works with his productivity cycles. He knows the best time of day for his creative work, and he makes the most of it. Here's the interview. Want to maximize your email marketing? You should try ActiveCampaign. I switched last year from MailChimp, and I love it. With email marketing, marketing automation, and a sales CRM, it's a powerful, intuitive, and complete platform. Claim your 14-day free trial of ActiveCampaign at activecampaign.com slash loveyourwork. Whatever works, whatever. That's my philosophy. If you get, get whatever you can to make it work. Get that. We're going to get into that, actually. Okay. That's, that's going to be good. So, so for all the folks who are listening, the, we're with Craig Benzine, also known as Wheezy Waiter. And uh, Craig, you're you're moving soon, right? You're I am moving. Yes, I'm moving to Austin. Currently live in Chicago, moving to Austin, Texas. It's funny, actually. Just in this room, half an hour ago, I was talking to Noah Kagan, who lives in Austin, mm-hmm. but happens to be in Chicago right now. So, and you're it's, going there. Yeah, I think it's kind of a common um, migration. A lot of people from Chicago move to Austin. Yeah, I think. I mean, a lot of people from everywhere moved to Austin. That's true. It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's uh, in the top like fifty cities. It's like it's got the mo- the highest uh, growth. People right are now. like, stop, stop doing that. Yeah, stop yeah. Moving. People don't want want people to move to Austin. No, seriously, don't come here. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna do it anyway. You do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So and then like I'm I'm kind of in the process of moving as well. And one of the have you have you gotten into the are you getting rid of much stuff? Uh oh yeah we I've done. Recently, I've done some videos about minimalism and about oh, like, okay. just getting. Because you're in a tiny of, houses. Yeah, we're not we're not getting a tiny house. We're getting a small apartment yeah. in Austin, but and we live in a small, very small apartment in Chicago. Um, but we've been we've been getting into getting rid of stuff lately. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've, we're getting rid of tons of stuff. So this is what I'm doing too. I'm I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff because um, I'm doing an international move. And uh, the economics of getting rid of stuff is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed this? It's like as soon as you buy an item, it's suddenly completely worthless. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, you, some electronics you can you can uh, take to like an exchange place, like like video game exchange place, or like a um, I don't know, if, like any old electronics you can just sell. But yeah. Uh, Craigslist, you can get some stuff, but most of the stuff ends up going to Goodwill. Yeah, you know? like trying to sell my <laughs> my old like crappy guitar and amp and a drum yeah. machine and that stuff isn't selling. But I did manage to give away a space heater the other day. Which why did somebody pick up a space heater in the middle of July? I don't know, mm-hmm. but they did. <laughs> I think uh, I think that a lot of people hold on to stuff when they when they probably should get rid of it. I think yeah. I think give it some time maybe if you want to sell it and get some money, but if it's not working, maybe just give it away. <laughs> yeah. Know? If you don't want it, if you really don't want it. Well, and I do international trips like every winter I've been going away to South America, and so every time I do that I end up renting out my apartment to somebody. So I end up I've purged many times. So I've got things down to very few items, but it is actually 
I have to actually get around to getting rid of the. Stuff. Yeah, it's it's work. Getting rid of stuff is is work. It's kind of stressful. And when you, yeah, and it's totally not worth the amount of work. When from an economic standpoint, it's totally not worth the amount of work that it is to get rid of stuff. To get rid of stuff, it's like yeah. it would be you know more beneficial to just throw it in a dumpster. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, or or for well, yourself, it would be more beneficial. Yeah, I mean, you can. What we end up doing is for a lot of stuff is just driving to goodwill. On like we. Um, but we, but you can, uh, uh, you know, you can hold out for a little while and you, you might be able to make some money, but I think what's, what's the term for it? It's like the, uh, uh, false loss aversion or loss aversion is something, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's, a thing. there's a, there's a, um, my, my wife actually just posted something about, cause she just sold her wedding dress and, yeah. um, um, there's sort of a, oh, it's a fallacy. It's like a uh, perceived value fallacy or something like that. I can't remember what it is. But it's like, if, if it's, if you... Um, Endowment effect. That's not, that's not it. It's when you but, own something. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the, I'm like the, the economic cognitive biases. I, I love, Yeah. this well, is like a thing for me. I'm going to subtly look at my phone. Oh my gosh. Because she did a Facebook post about it. Yeah, but uh, but it it she basically got rid of her wedding dress and sort of people hold on to things because they they think that it's still valuable even though it's you know it's really not, I mean it's to some people holding on to a wedding dress might be have value yes P- people have sentimental value for it but not to my wife not to me really I did I'm not upset by it <laughs> um, yeah um, but. Uh, and then there's also people who t- hold on to things for uh, just in case, which I think is like, is usually, un- it's unproductive. I think. I think it's, um, it, it, for me, I feel more benefit usually getting rid of stuff than keeping it, if if I'm not using it, like if or if I don't plan to use it in the next like six months or so. So is that something that you have always had, or have you cultivated that? Um. I've always, I've never been someone who, um, who buys a lot of things in the first place. Yeah. I've never been someone who acquires a lot of, a lot of things and I've never really had too much sentimental value in things, but I've also never actively gotten rid of things until recently, until my wife kind of, and I kind of just started doing that. Was there anything that you got rid of recently that where you had to fight through some discomfort to get rid of it? Yeah. Um... There's a lot, there's a lot, like, uh, I've gotten rid of, people might not want to hear this, but like a lot of, a lot of gifts, a lot of, um, things that Wheezy Waiter fans have given me. I, I have a box of yeah. things that I put them in. Um, I, I've ended up gotten rid of most of those things. Have you read, uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up yet? My wife did. Okay, I have, I there you go. <laughs> um, but she, she's gotten more into the culture of it than I have. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've already kind of been there already, ready to get rid of stuff. Because in that book, yeah. she talks about gifts, and she says, you know, when a, a gift that you, it has served its purpose. The purpose was to, for somebody to show appreciation or show love to you in some way. And so that has happened. And so if you're not getting utility out of the item now, get rid of it. Yeah. And so it, it's, made, it's made it easier for me to get, get rid of things that might have been gifts from somebody. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my phone while you're talking. Yeah, you're just I'm, like, I'm trying to find. Doing email, checking I'm, text messages. No, I'm trying to find that, 
playing the Pokemon. There's like that a post. Pokemon game that's going. Oh yeah, on. Pokemon Go. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm killing a, a Squirtle right now, or I'm oh. capturing a Squirtle. No, I'm not. Uh, no, the um, uh, yeah, the gift. If the gift, those gifts were just sitting in a box. Like so, why? And I'm not using them. I'm not taking them out and looking mm -hmm. at them. I'm not even thinking about them. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but when I get rid of them, I do feel bad. I, I do have the moment where I feel a little bad about it. Yeah. But I don't think that's any reason you shouldn't get rid of something if just the act of getting rid of it is making you feel bad. You'll get over that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. You have to sort of account for the fact that you're going to feel a little bit of discomfort when you get rid of it. Yeah. And also think about how 15 minutes ago, before you opened this box, you weren't even, you hardly even knew that this stuff existed. Right. And I think there's a negative of keeping stuff for me is. Um, looking, if I if I occasionally come across something that I'm not using, I'll have a, a brief moment of guilt. Like I'll, I'll feel like, uh, um, oh man, I should be using that, or oh, I should, yeah, I should take this out and display it, or or something. And that and that that's unproductive as well. That's um, counterproductive, I guess you could say, whatever whatever mm -hmm. the word is. Um, and I'd rather not have that moment of guilt. I'd rather not be not have a reminder of something to be guilty about. And it also saves space to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny, we've, we've been talking now for almost 10 minutes and we haven't even gotten to what, what you do. <laughs> who, who is this guy? Yeah, who is this wheezy waiter? So do you, do you very often meet people who uh, don't have any idea what you do, like at, at parties and such? And if so, I never meet anyone who doesn't know what I do. <laughs> you never meet anybody yeah. <laughs> who doesn't know who you are. Yeah, no, that's not true. I don't know. It seems like you're uh, from the outside. At least it seems like you're often around people that you already have a relationship or work with in some way. So I'm yeah. sure you go to parties. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I meet people who don't. Who meet don't people who don't know you. And so what yeah. do you when, when they say when it, it comes around to that horrible question, what do you do? Uh, it's always. It's it, it it's still a little uncomfortable sometimes for me to to explain it. Like I'm I, sometimes it, if I'm in the mood to have a long conversation, I'll I'll go into it. Yeah. More. But but I guess the quick thing to say is like uh, I make YouTube videos. I just say that, and I think it's gotten more. Uh, it's gotten easier over time because it's more people know that that's a job now that, 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 can, that, that is actually a thing and <laughs> the early days the first question people would ask would be do you make money from that that's the first question always like you did ask it, me what my job was right? <laughs> yeah uh and then the set now the first question tends to be what kind of videos yeah um and then and then i'll say comedy basically like a one-man show sort of thing is what it's one of the things that i say or another thing that i've said I've heard people say about my videos as a way to describe them uh, is blues clues for adults. Oh, yeah, and, and not everyone knows what blues clues is, so that doesn't all. I hardly up. know. I've heard of it. I only barely. I feel like I should know. Yeah, <laughs> like I, it was apparently it was a thing when I was a kid, but I, I never I think, saw it. Well, how old are you? If you I'm 37. Mind. Oh, I'm 35. Yeah, I think we were a little bit too old for it. Okay. Um, so I don't. Really, I only barely know too, but. If they don't know what Blues Clues is, I, I could say kind of like a, like a one-man produced Pee-wee's Playhouse <laughs> or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Mr. Rogers, but for adults. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds kind of <laughs> so, um So when people ask, do, do you ever... Do you ever say like, oh, I'm a, I'm just a YouTube star or... <laughs> no, no. 
I don't, I don't even like that. I don't like being called a YouTube star or YouTube celebrity. Yeah. I don't even like the term YouTube. But that's what you are. I don't like the term YouTuber, YouTuber either. Oh, like okay, yeah. But it's a little, it just sounds weird it's coming not, out of, out of yeah, the mouth, right? Like, yeah. YouTuber. <laughs> like I'm a tuber, like, I, like I'm a, a potato buried in the dirt. Yeah, or, <laughs> or turnips, or turnips, turnips tubers? Maybe, I, I don't know. A U-turniper. Yeah, I'm a turniper. I'm a U-turniper. Uh, I don't like those terms. And I don't really, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I think I'm, I think I'm a, if I am a celebrity, I'm a very low rung celebrity mm-hmm. compared to a lot of other YouTubers. I saw you in public once and I recognized you. You did. And I came up to you. I was on my first date with my now wife. So I've got to know, do, do I get, did that help things out a little <laughs> bit or did she, she already? She already knew yeah. what I, she already knew about my channel. Uh, but it was funny because earlier, or no, was it right after or right before? I can't remember. I said that never, that rarely ever happens. Okay. And, and then it started happening all the time. <laughs> it, 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 it does, it does kind of happen uh, occasionally. Maybe it depends on how often I go out. But um, it'll happen in areas where there's more likely to happen if there's more people around, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it happens. It does happen. Occasionally, I even recognized one of your bandmates, Sam, <laughs> yeah. at uh, Intertown Pub like a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago. I came up to him and was like, "Hey, you're, you're like Wheezy Waiters, you know, bandmate or something, right?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, had a, we had a good conversation there. That, but that is funny that you were on the first the, your your first date with your wife. I yeah, gotta, yeah, you know, I'm gonna take a little bit of credit for this. Well, day, thank you. Me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all you. We should have invited she you to the wedding. She's all impressed now. <laughs> Now that I recognize you. You probably did help a little. It probably did. It, it, yeah, it certainly uh, can't hurt. <laughs> um, so what prompts so a wheezy waiter? Yes. Okay. Explain that name. Uh, the name is very simple. Like, I, uh, I... You were a waiter. I was a waiter and I have asthma. And you have it's, asthma. Yeah. When I started it, I was a waiter and I have asthma. That's the simple answer. I mean, I don't know if there is a complicated answer. Uh, I like I liked the alliteration. I did I did spend time thinking about a name. Yeah. Um, you did or you didn't? I did. You did. I did. Okay. I did spend a little time, um, and I liked the sound of it, and I liked the alliteration. So I, how did this start? The the channel. Yeah. What was like the first moment that you said, "Okay, I'm putting up a video." Um. Well, I. In the back of my mind, for a while, I'd thought about. Um, let's go way back. Let's go way back to yeah, childhood. Yeah, take it to the... Okay, uh, yes. <laughs> well, my parents bought a camera when I was a kid, and I I made stupid little videos. Like, since then, I've uh, like I've always made dumb videos b- before you could put them up on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just enjoyed doing that. Uh, grew up, went to college, formed a band, and then my band started making short, dumb videos. Uh, probably... 2005. Driftless Pony Club. Driftless Pony Club, yes. About 2005, 2006, right around the time YouTube was starting, but we weren't putting them up on YouTube. We were putting them up on our own website, basically. And they were dumb, weird little sketches. And I always, and I enjoyed that, and I always thought about, in the back of my mind, what if I made, what if I tried to make a movie, I called it a movie, uh, like a short film every day, just to see what I could do. And but I never really got around to doing that um, for a while. And then 
one one fateful few days. I uh, it was around Memorial Day, two thousand seven. Um, I I showed up at work and uh, got no tables. I was a waiter. It was the first yeah. day that I actually no one came in and I got no tables. So this is your first day as a waiter? No, my first day that oh, I got no tables. First day that you got no tables. You had no tables. Yeah, so and, you made like no money. And my yeah, and I was already hurting for money. I was living paycheck to paycheck basically, and. Uh, my boss came over and told me that I didn't have to come in the next day either because they weren't going to be busy. So, so how did that feel? <laughs> it felt terrible. I felt like, I, I think I started, at, that was like, uh, I, I wasn't really a depressed person and I wasn't really like, never really thought about like, uh, I, I mean, I, I was living in Chicago as a waiter because it was flexible because I was in a band and I was, and I always thought maybe if this doesn't work out, I'll move to LA and get into entertainment or something. But I never thought at, until that moment, I never really thought like, wow, I'm, I've hit rock bottom or my, my life could be a lot better than it is uh, until that moment. And then that moment I was like walking home and I was like, wow, uh, I need to do something. I need to change something here. Yeah. And so, because um, I was really worried about paying rent. I mean, my my. I probably could have borrowed money from my parents. So naturally, the thing to do when you're in that position, when you don't know how you're going to pay rent, is to make a YouTube video. <laughs> is that? Yes. No. Uh, I definitely didn't make the right financial choice, but I, I went home and I watched Zay Frank. Are you, you know who Zay oh, Frank is? absolutely. Yeah. And for those who don't, I think there's... Yeah. I'm surprised. I meet people pretty often yeah. who even are in technology or podcasting or, mm -hmm. or you know... Who don't know who Zay Frank is? Oh yeah, he wasn't. He the youngins don't know. He was never that popular enough to be that uh, well known, I guess, by everyone you meet. But um, he was popular among nerds at the time. He was like the first video blogger. He was yeah. putting. There was no YouTube. He was just putting them up. He was doing like every day. Yeah. Right? I tell everyone that he was my my main inspiration, and most of the time, people haven't heard of him. Um, yeah. Which is sad. It is. But now, and if they have, it's because he's president of BuzzFeed Video, or yeah, CEO or president of BuzzFeed Video now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and and he did some other videos more popular than his his early yeah. the show. He did these um, true uh, true facts videos, which were true facts about different animals, and they were they got they went viral. They were I think huge. I might have seen. And he narrated them. Um, but. So people know him more about from that than yeah. from the original thing, which I think is, you know, the best thing in the world, called the show. And I went home and watched several of those for like a day, like the full day, like because I had the day off. So I just like watched Zay Frank videos. And what was going on in in your when you decided to spend the whole day watching those videos? Was it just that was that like a salve for you? Did that make you feel better, or did you feel like you were doing something? Productive I felt time. like I was being productive. I, I actually started thinking, okay, maybe it's time to go in a new direction. And did, you went to film school or something, I, right? Okay. I did, went to, well, communication arts, radio, television, film yeah. in UW-Madison. Yeah, so you, you had some background already. I did. In, there wasn't in a the... lot of production there, but I did have some production and a lot of film theory knowledge. Right. Um, but, uh, and so I was thinking... It was. I was thinking. I'm going to do this. I, I, I've, I was aware of Zay Frank already, and I, and I thought about 
you know, the short film every day sort of thing. And I was like, you know what? I should just give it a try. I should just see what happens. I have nothing to lose at this yeah. point. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm going to be rich and famous. It was, I have nothing to lose. So I might as well go for it. Yeah. And so, so then, I don't know, a few days later, I just started making videos every weekday. Uh, not putting them on YouTube because that was still pretty new. And I was unaware of the community that was growing on YouTube. I was putting them on blip.tv, which is okay. what, say, Frank's videos were on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then I, I just started doing that and then I, that led, it didn't, it didn't like blow up or anything it took three years before I, do you remember what the first video was? The very first video? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's still up there on YouTube. You can watch it. It's called, you make me feel so dumb. And it was about me interacting with a customer who I, uh, I removed her plate before she was done and she yelled at me, basically. She's like, I'm not done! It's like yeah. a really short video where I just tell that story. Was, yeah, uh, so you were, I mean, you were using waiter themes from your job. I was, it was sort of a mix of that and like just talking about the news and stuff. Um, and, and that led to some freelance editing jobs, which led to an office job uh, in yeah. the suburbs of Chicago. So the, the, the daily habit thing, Though, as you said that you had thought about that before, is there anything about, do you have a particular philosophy about doing something every day? Uh, yeah, well, I'm actually, I'm about to start doing that again. I've been, my schedule has been, I've been going through a lot of, the channel's been going through a lot of changes lately. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I actually just recently went back to old Zay Frank videos for some more inspiration. Like, just like the past few weeks, like past, the past week. And I'm about to go back to kind of what I was doing before, which is every weekday. Um, and this, there's just something about uh, forcing, like, not forcing, but putting limits on, on what I do. Rather mm -hmm. than, like, you, you, when I sit down to do something creative, or when anyone does, you can, sit, you can get really bogged down by all the choices, all the directions you could take, all the, um, all the time you could spend on one thing or another. And uh, if you limit, if you schedule it and you limit um, your time and your scope, you can get a lot more done. And I feel like the quality is, is as good or better mm -hmm. than when, when I do it. When I sit down and do something short, like now what I, what I did when I started um, was, well, when I had my office job, I would go, I would get up super early and get a video done before going to work, basically. Yeah. And I, it was a forced limit. I mean, it was, it was there with whether I wanted it or not. It was a limit that I that that's the only time I could get a video done. Now I, I can do it whenever I want, which is actually kind of a bad thing. Right. Um, and so I'm going back to that sort of schedule. I'm getting up early, not as early. I'm getting up at six. I was getting up at like five back back then. Yeah, but like six, and uh, get the video done, get it written and shot by. I'm, this is the goal anyway. Get it written and shot by ten, up by like hmm. one or one to three or something. Well, when you had the job and you were doing it, I, mean, I remember. I remember this time mm -hmm. when you had the job and you were every weekday making a video before you went to work. Yeah. What was that schedule like? Well, I could go work started at ten. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that was the latest I could come into work. Yeah. <laughs> and I came in there then or a little later every day. Um, and I would get up at about 5.30 or 6. 
write something, shoot it. And, and it wasn't always, there wasn't always writing either. A lot of it was kind of make it up as I go along. Yeah. Um, and get it done or as close to none as I could, go into work. And often I would be editing at work. I would, I would finish it up at work. Um, because oh. my job actually didn't have a whole lot. There were times when I wasn't that busy at work anyways. So, yeah. Um, you were working as a video editor. A video, videographer for a web development company. Basically, they, they worked with other businesses around Chicago and would make, I would make videos for their business to go on their website. Yeah. Basically. And you, you have a lot of thematic consistency, I think is maybe the, the word or like, inside there'd be jokes. like a lot of inside jokes and, 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 you know, you would go to that job and you would punch, it'd be free bagel Friday and you'd punch your boss out <laughs> yeah. every, every Friday or yeah. something like that. Oh, that reminds me. Mm. I, I constantly want to bring that back and he's still down to do it. Mm. But I'm moving, so I gotta get I gotta get that done before I move. You better shoot like 150 different instances <laughs> yeah. of you punching. It. Yeah, I should. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, but having that thematic consistency in those things, does did that help with the creative process of being able to bang out a video every day? Absolutely. It's a uh, well. It's I think it it's just a net. It just naturally happens. Like if if I'm if I'm getting up early and I'm making something every day. Uh, there's only, I mean, I have to draw inspiration and fodder from all different places like the news or comments or um, my personal life or my job or what I did the day before, basically. Yeah. And like build off of what I did the day before. And you kind of work with what you have. So yeah. you've got yourself so you can make clones of yourself. Right. That's another and thing. You like, make the clones a, re yeah. a recurring thing with you. I, yeah. I never, when I started this, I never thought... I never thought that I was, uh, I never wanted to be an actor or a comedian. Yeah. I wanted to write and produce movies, basically. Yeah. And, and edit. I was, I considered myself more of a behind the camera kind of guy. And, um, But it turns out that you're really funny. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> um, but, but I, I, uh, I started, I shot myself and I, sh and I made clones of myself because I wanted to make movies and sketches and things. But it was so much easier if I just used myself, basically. Well, yeah. Otherwise, you have to you have to get an act or somebody to come over. You got to schedule yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. You'd also have an imaginary whale that lived underneath your bed. Yep. And so there'd yeah, be yeah, I just like made up sound characters around me that you don't actually see. Yeah. Um, because no budget and uh, no time. And then you <laughs> might also say, well, how else can I make this interesting? Well, put some explosions in there. Yeah. Right. And there's yeah. so there's explosions in the videos. Yeah, and I as think. Well. That, but that was all because of limits. I made all that stuff happen. Yeah. And I think once I've eliminated some of the limits, it's got, it, it actually took something away from it, I think. And I'm, getting, I'm actually trying to get back to that. Yeah. You, so, yeah, you had the limits, and you worked with what you had, and so then you had these things that you sort of repeated, but then that also helped make the whole thing stickier, Right. Yeah. For people who were watching, they knew that every day there was going to be a video. Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that I've lost that I've seen a lot of people find great success with is regular schedules, like regular, consistent schedules. Like, are you aware of Rhett and Link? Good mm, I'm mythical. not familiar. Uh, Rhett and Link are YouTubers that they've been around probably on YouTube longer than me even um, from the very beginning. And they, they've done various sketches and things, but they're, the past few years, they, did, they started this show called Good Mythical Morning. Mm -hmm. And they do it every weekday. They, they upload 
at 3 a.m. California time every weekday without fail. And that show, and it's, it's two guys talking, basically. It's well-produced. They have a team of people, but it's basically two guys having a conversation about something or trying weird food mm -hmm. or something. And they've blown up huge. And they attribute a lot of that to their just regular schedule. They're yeah. up uploading every single day at the exact I same mean, time. I mean, using you know, what I saw with you doing it every day as inspiration, I recently did. I, didn't, I just did like a two-month experiment. I just said, I'm going to write. Every morning, I'm going to write a 500-word article on Medium mm -hmm. you know, by 9.30 or something, That's, like in the yeah. first hour of the day. And I was always really against having a quota because I thought <laughs> it would hurt the quality of things. Yeah. But... Man, uh, I got, like, there's a lot of crap, but a lot of it got way better. Yeah. And I I'm, got better at that format. and exact, That's exactly why I attribute every, all my knowledge of editing and of shooting and making jokes or anything is because of the regularity of doing it over and over and over. I also find there's something refreshing about when you finish today's piece, whatever it is, you know, you can have a tendency of, uh, to, to think, oh, it could be better. Or, oh, could it have gone this other way? Mm -hmm. But there's tomorrow. Yes, exactly. You, you, it helps you get out of your own head. And I think I've, I've been in, I've, I've ex recently experienced what I had experienced before I started Wheezy Waiter, which is getting in your own head and worrying about yeah. the quality and making sure it's the best possible thing it can be. That, I think, slows you down because I think quality is not just the, the product you're making, but it's the product you're going to make. And the product you made yesterday, it's it. Time is a part of quality. I think yeah. your time management is a part of your quality. Yeah, and I found that uh, you know I'll finish after I finish say that article, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I'll have an, another idea, and yeah. I'll want to write another one, but I just kind of say like, no, I'm gonna yeah, limit tomorrow. Because if you if you do too much, you're gonna just wear yourself out. There's a there's a great uh, quote by Hemingway, of course, that is. I, I can't even say it right right now because it's 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 too long or something. But it's, he, he said it's like something like like making love to somebody, you know, that you 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 can't do anymore today, but you know tomorrow you can. And you're you're filling back up or I don't know. This is sounding terrible. Recharging, yeah. But no, it's, I, it's I in the Daily mean. Rituals book. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And I think I've over the past I don't know two three years or so. I think I've gone further gradually gone further and further away from what I think I did so well earlier mm -hmm. which is I've, I, I let things go I would work on pro certain videos for days I would uh, worry about the qual or I'd work or I'd work on a couple videos a day or I'd worry and my motivation wasn't always that video sometimes it would be a sponsored video or something yeah. which I'd have to get done which is part of the business you have to worry about stuff like that but uh, I would and I lost that regularity. I lost what the cycle of of what I was doing. And I think I'm I'm now starting to get back to that. Like to, today, I shot a video. I, I I I met my quota. It was basically from six to one o'clock, and I was yeah. done. I was done with the whole thing. And if and I was very happy with it. It's one of my favorite videos. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. and having the structure is good. You know, I've yeah. got, I've got, this podcast comes out every Thursday, mm -hmm. and that was something I was never good at doing working on my own this but now I've learned like yeah. if you make a schedule somehow things magically get done and then somehow you're able to get in more other things yeah it and I think I think I think it might come down to a lot of what you worry about is just unnecessary yeah you're just worrying about 
it's a lot easier to worry about things that have been done rather than what yet to be done, you know? And, and you know what to worry about. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like you're, you don't really mull things over too much. You're pretty de decisive. Uh, well, when I'm at my best, yes. Yeah. I think. Uh, so do you have to fight that? Uh, well, recently that? I have, yeah. And I think, I think I'm getting over it now. I think I'm getting back to what I, what I was good at before. Yeah. Sounds like you're in like a search mode right now. Or you're kind of like re I think, reorganizing I, things. I think I'm at the end of it. I think I'm, I think I'm getting better. So. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, and is anything going to change? Yes. Well, well, the past three months, have three or four months, I did something very different. I was I was doing like a daily life experiential vlog sort of thing where yeah. I was just taking a camera around all day and just shooting my life unscripted. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. It's such a shame that the camera's not here. <laughs> I know. I'm not doing that now. Ah. Um, and that was fun at first. And then it, I realized it took up the whole day and then it took like four hours to edit at each one. And so I was drained and... It, it stopped being fun and it stopped um, and, and I felt like I wasn't even really making anything. I was just I was just living my life and documenting it and I, I don't want to I want to feel like I'm actually making something so right. uh, so now I've kind of gone the opposite way. I've shortened the videos and I'm making them scripted like I did early on and um, and I, I feel great about it. Yeah and um, what, when you were doing the daily videos before work, at that point, what kind of internal, I don't know if it's dialogue or monologue, internal, internally, like what were you, what were you thinking about? What were you working towards? Was there anything? Um, well, I, I think I was thinking about, um, uh, well, Zay Frank was, was always on my mind for, for a while until, yeah. until I made this kind of a full-time job and looking at other, what other, by around 2009 or so, this was around that time, like a few years after I'd been doing this, I, uh, I watched other YouTubers. I was aware of other, other YouTubers, you know, turnips in, in soil. No, YouTubers. Uh, um, I was aware of what they were doing, and they, I was using them as inspiration. Like the Vlogbrothers, I don't know if you're aware of them. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, John Green, the, the author, is probably the most famous now. Um, but... Uh, I would watch that, watch what they would do. I got, I got more involved in the actual community of creators on YouTube, and that sort of helped um, inspire me. Uh, do you mean like when I'm actually making a video, what I'm thinking? Or I don't like, know. Was there any? How did you feel about your day job? And uh, I well, when I first got my job, I was, I, and before that, when I was doing freelance editing, I was, I was through the roof. I was super excited because I was like, I'm editing and I'm getting paid for it. I'm not waiting tables. Every time I got an editing job, I could take a shift or two off of waiting tables. Seems funny tables. because you went, you, you went to school for this yeah. stuff kind of. But I was, I kind of just went away. I just avoided it for years after I went after college for the band. And I don't know, kind of just thinking back, I was stupid. <laughs> it, was like, it was crazy. It was crazy to just uh, avoid, like not even worry about a career, I, I think, you know? Oh. Um, like I just, yeah, I mean, before doing the videos, uh, like do, just waiting tables. I think I, I probably should have, I probably should have been more responsible. But I'm, you know, in the end, I guess it worked out. Um, but in like, what was I saying? <laughs> I was just like, you know, was there anything about making these videos in the morning before work? 
I mean, yeah. it just seems like you were working like a hot. I didn't. I remember watching that and thinking, like, how does he have time and energy to do all of this stuff? And it makes me wonder what was what was driving you. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, well, so when I first got the job, it was super exciting because I was getting paid for it. But after a while, I don't know if this is what was driving me, but this is part of what was going through my mind. After a while, uh, I realized I hated office jobs. <laughs> I just didn't. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And plus, that particular job, great, great boss, great people. I was lucky to have the job. It was good pay. For all those who are listening, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not even even if they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was good pay, uh, but it they didn't have a lot of work for me often, um, mm-hmm. which was you know some people would love like you just sit around and, and get paid to do nothing. I kind it was kind of soul crushing for me. Yeah. It was like I I I feel like I'm wasting my time. I spent a lot some days just clicking around on the internet doing nothing, and and so. Part of the motivation, I guess, was to just be work work for myself, be my own boss. And I saw other people doing it on YouTube, and uh, knew that it was possible. So, so I went for it. We're going to take a quick break. Being productive in your business is all about mind management, not time management. Which is why I use WP Engine's managed WordPress hosting to host all of my WordPress sites. They have really easy-to-use DIY tools, so managing my site is as simple as can be, and I can focus my mental energy on the things that I do best, like bringing you this show. I don't have to worry about installing WordPress, I don't have to worry about keeping it up to date, and I don't have to worry about backups or security. WP Engine takes care of all of it for me. With WP Engine's tools, you can quickly launch new sites, protect existing sites, and test plugin updates. They back up everything daily, and you can make changes on the staging version of your WordPress site before pushing your changes live. They also have a built-in CDN. And what does that mean? That means that your WordPress site is super fast. Visit wpengine.com forward slash loveyourwork for up to four months free with WP Engine. So as you're making these videos every day, that goal was in your mind? Yeah, I think so. I think I was, I, when I first started, I knew I was, hope, I was hopeful it would lead to another job. I got another job, and then I think I still had the mindset, if I keep doing this, it might lead to a better job or, yeah. or be the job, I guess. At what point did you even have an awareness that that was a possibility? Was that from the beginning? Or? Um, I don't think I was aware that, I, that, the, that the videos themselves would be the job at the beginning. I think I... I just saw what Zay Frank did, and I I thought it'd be cool to get to that level, and I didn't know if that was, I don't know what that level was. Really. Yeah. I didn't know if that was a job for him or not. I, I mean, it, was, it seemed like he had other jo- He did a lot of speaking roles and stuff, or speaking um, com- conferences and speaking yeah. gigs. Um, but I thought maybe it will lead to a job, and it did. And then... Probably around 2000. So the edit, the editing job, they found you through your YouTube videos. Yeah. yeah. Probably like 2008, 2009, I started to realize that I could possibly make it a job. Yeah. I think, I, think, I don't remember. Maybe it, maybe it was always in the back of my mind as a hopeful, like just a crazy dream. But I think 2008, 2009 is when I thought this is possible. I could actually make and it And you were happen. watching maybe your, your Google AdSense revenue yeah, and Go up a well, bit I didn't really have time, right? any of that until um, 2009-ish. Yeah. Like, the 
YouTube community finally found me, basically. And that, whew, that was the most exciting time like of my life. Like I, after years of making videos, I was like, uh, I, I started seeing the subscriber number tick up, and yeah. I was uh, finally, it finally was working, and that that excitement probably lasted a few years <laughs> after. And that was from other YouTubers in the community. Yeah, well, the, coming across your work, and were you doing collabs, or how did that? It, well, the the initial surge was a um, uh, there was a website called YouTube Reviewed, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't even know who ran it, but they, I met, I commented on something, an article they wrote. They wrote about YouTube people, mm -hmm. and they found my videos, and they really liked them, and they wrote a whole article about me. Which they weren't huge website, but other YouTubers read that website, and so this YouTuber named Corporal Cadet in Australia read that and tweeted about me, and then like the next day I had ninety-seven emails of new Twitter followers. Wow! And uh, then, then it's a I, very exact number was that? Like, yeah, I remember <laughs> ninety-seven emails. I remember for. Uh, and um, ninety-seven Twitter followers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I blew me up. Blew me yeah. away. I was amazed. I was like, "It's working. It's finally working." It was yeah. the first. It was probably the biggest moment in my life where I felt like it's working. You know. And you didn't even necessarily know it at the time, but you were kind of socially engineering in a way because you found this portal, which wasn't necessarily a popular portal, but mm. there were other people who could be powerful to helping you out. Yeah. Re reading that portal. Yeah, I I was doing what uh, what businesses do all the time now to try to. to but try they to do get it attention. on purpose, yeah. right? And <laughs> yeah. so did uh, did you recognize what was going on and try to repeat it, or how did you? Well, go I did. About then trying to grow. Well, I continued doing what I was doing. I was already in the um, cycle of making videos every weekday. Well, not exactly. No, I was in the I was in the middle of um, what was it. I think I made I, I made videos for the rest of the year, kind of as much as I could, and um, um, reached out to people, started collaborating with other YouTubers and stuff, and slowly grew. I remember, yeah, it was that was early in the year. That was like February or something, two thousand nine. I had thirty two subscribers on YouTube, and then it went the next week through that week, it got it to a thousand subscribers, and and then. Throughout the rest of the year, it went up to like sixteen thousand subscribers. So it was pretty slow growth. Yeah, it was and just steady. It wasn't one explosive. No, thing it that never. Happened. It's never been one explosive. Oh really? Thing. Yeah. There was never like a big break. Well, well, to me that was. I felt like I was. I was rising, and this is. This is yeah. It, you know, and that back then there, that kind of thing didn't happen as often. So it was. It was really, really exciting, and then um, that, I guess the 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 big ex bigger break then what it was in January I told my I told the the audience the beard lovers I call them I told them I gave them an ultimatum I said I'm gonna make a video every weekday in January and if by the end of January I have a hundred thousand subscribers oh. I will make a video every weekday the rest of the year oh and, wow that's interesting and uh, I a bigger youtuber named Dan Brown not the author um, is Pogo Bat on YouTube? He's not as big anymore, I guess. But he uh, he made a video about me because he really liked my videos, and so yeah. and then I went from like sixteen thousand to forty thousand by the end of the month. 
and other YouTubers helped promote me too. And, uh, but I didn't make it to 100,000. But oh. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep going anyway. So then I kept going. And then like until summer, I made it. I made enough. I made like 70,000 subscribers. And that was enough to quit my job and do it full time. Yeah. When was the first time that you saw like, oh, I'm making money? Uh, and that, that can, this could actually... Well, I think that, 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 I don't remember the exact time, but like, cause it's, it's always, it's always been gradual with me. There's never like a specific yeah. moment, but like 2009, during that 2009 and that slow growth, I could tell like, I was making money. It wasn't very much money, but I was making money and I could see, I could see how that could scale. And, uh, so basically I, I, I figured around a hundred thousand subscribers would be enough. Yeah to do it full time, even though it turned out about 70,000. Is that, is that strictly off of AdSense or was there other it was, like... It was just AdSense. Really? Just AdSense. Um, oh yeah, in that, in that uh, year of the 2009, I did a Ford Fiesta thing. I remember that, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, um, they did a Fiesta movement where they gave 100 uh, internet people uh, influencers. A car, a, influencers. They didn't call them that at the time. <laughs> that that word came around a, a year later. Thought leaders. <laughs> Thought leaders. Like Wheezy Waiter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they gave a, a free Ford Fiesta for six months and paid for gas. And I, I did that for that year. So I, definitely things were, were working. I could tell that you know this could continue. So that was like a that was kind of your first big sort of sponsorship in a way where something in your life was getting taken care of that yeah. wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And then, and then in 2010, I, my, probably my most successful as far as view count and growth, 2010, 2011, that whole span of time, I was pretty much sticking to everything that I, we were talking about. I was making videos every day Yeah. Um, and limiting my time, although I had less limits because I was doing it full time and it was, it was, it, it was kind of harder because I was trying to make everything as awesome as possible and putting tons of work into every video, probably burning myself out and not realizing it. Yeah. Sounds like consistency was a big key for you. Yeah, definitely was. And now I'm trying to get back to that. So how might, do you have any ideas about how you might do that? Well, I'm, um, I, I've always had trouble getting enough sleep, so I'm trying to get, go to bed earlier and get up mm. earlier and do everything in the morning. I've noticed that I'm more productive in the morning. I'm more productive before like two or three o'clock. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm trying to condense that productivity so I can get everything done in that time. So like, write, and I'm writing everything now before I do it, which I, I always kind of made things up as I went before, but I, find, I think it's easier because it's just more organized for my time. So I can get up, write a thing, and shorten the amount that I write. I, usually, I, I would write like three pages and make that a video, which would end up being five to seven minutes. Now I'm writing a page and a half and then adding things if I want to. Yeah. And it's like three minutes. And uh, writing it, shooting it, getting it done by 10 or 11, getting, getting strict about the time basically, and then editing it and getting it up there. So is, is the main source of income then still the AdSense? No, uh, well, You've got merch. It's, yeah, I've got I've got a lot. The main source has been brand deals, basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's kind of not happening as much right now. I'm not getting as many views right now. Um, YouTube has started to put the bigger brands and stuff on the. They're not really promoting the 
the YouTubers as much. Yeah, I think, I think it might be declining, but then again, I'm not, I'm not as big of a YouTuber, so I don't, I don't know what's happening with them. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, that has, over time, that has definitely been my biggest source of income. Yeah. But I also have, there's also Patreon, which is just audience, uh, uh, sort of like uh, pledging, like right. monthly, which I don't push that hard because I have brand deals, but, uh, but that's definitely uh, a good source. And since, and I might be, uh, it'd be nice, actually in a perfect world, I would love it if that was my AdSense and Patreon were my only source. Yeah, the Patreon, to... I've been looking at that a little bit. I have a, a page up, I haven't pushed it yet. Patreon.com slash Academy, folks. Yes, Patreon, go to Patreon. It's, uh, it's cause it would be, there's just something so pure and nice about that being your source, just your audience being your source. And, and I've, you started, I've started about... supporting different podcasters and, and, yeah. and such because, I mean, that's, when you look at the economics of how people consume information, it's scary, yeah. you know, because the, the news, quote unquote news sites, it's really just how can we get the most clicks and the most yeah. shares, yeah. etc. because it's ad driven by ads. And exactly. you know, when you put your money where... Where your eyes are, yeah, and that's and it, yeah, it would be so much better if there was no outside uh, influence going on. If it's just the audience and you, and that, that, would, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, that said, I I also uh, for a while I kind of didn't like that because I didn't like asking people for money. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather t I actually was more comfortable getting money from brands because they have a lot of money. I would rather I would rather get paid by them than just an average person who might not have a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, but then don't you run into situations where it's like you, you want to promote out. something yeah. and you don't, and you're, you're not really that excited about the thing, but the money is good and... Yeah, well, I'm not, yeah, I guess. I've never really had a bad experience working with a brand. I've always been pretty open to letting me do what I want. Yeah. Um, but, but now I think I'm just more, I'm, I'm realizing that people people who donate to you are they have they don't have to donate to you <laughs> yeah, if they yeah. have the money they can do it they're perfectly you know? free to not yeah. yeah yeah and so it makes them feel good and i think in the end it'd probably be better it'd be a better relationship than than having a brand in there yeah and you also have um the good stuff yes right mm -hmm. and was that a part of there was like a youtube independent channel initiative like a funded yeah, well, I, well, it wasn't exactly a part of that. It was, um, I didn't, it, it, it didn't get that much funding. The amount of funding that that mm -hmm. uh, YouTube Premium channels, I think it was called, or something, yeah. that they got, it was a, a separate thing that happened a little bit after that, which was like smaller amounts of funding for YouTube to do research, basically, on, yeah. on series and stuff. So they came to me and offered me some money. It wasn't huge budget but they offered me some money to do a series and so i came up with the good stuff which was uh inspired by this american life for radio lab which was uh why do does american beer taste like water <laughs> is one of them I yeah well that's one of the newer ones uh but the uh, the initial format was four videos around a theme mm -hmm. and then and make a playlist of videos now that new video that one of those we're doing a summer season right now and one of the videos was the american beer video 
they're just like one-off videos now. They're not a part of a playlist. Yeah, and you're also uh, one of the hosts on a Crash Course. Yep. It's like a PBS Yep. Uh, yeah. You teach. Yeah, it's a concepts. Crash Course uh, Government and Politics. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did, we did 40 episodes. We're not, it, wow. it ended, we did a full series. Um, and yeah, that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I saw one you did on like special interest groups or something. Did you do all of the writing for no, that no, as well? No, no, <laughs> like, no. I didn't it was do high, it. very high production. <laughs> I just hosted it. <laughs> I, did, I didn't, I didn't uh, do any of the writing or the editing or anything. That was all. Yeah. Uh, that's the Vlog Brothers who, who made that series. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and start wrapping up with some of the questions that I ask everybody. What's the biggest compromise that you've had to make to get where you are today? Sleep. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, well, like I was saying I had to, uh, well, is, I suppose sleep and also friendships. Like, I, I, I had to, when I started making regular week daily videos, I had to go to bed earlier and wake up super early uh, to get them done before going to work which caused me to just go out less and see my friends less for yeah. a while. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest compromise. So what did you think about that at, at the time? Like what was your internal, what were you internally saying, saying to yourself to get yourself to? Uh, I think I was saying like that it was the only option. I, I, I was, I, I had hit rock bottom in my mind yeah. uh, those days where I didn't have anyone show up. Uh, at the restaurant and I knew that I was good at editing video so yeah. I felt like this is the only way I can I can make this work yeah. and so I had I had plenty of fun in my early 20s maybe it's time to buckle down and do this yeah, yeah. well let's talk about the sleep thing though maybe <laughs> I don't know yeah. How, uh, what, what are your sleep do you have a bedtime uh no I, I it's kind of random like uh do you look at screens before bed? Yes, <laughs> I have bad sleeping habits. Okay. Uh, I I uh, uh, I just go to bed when I'm tired, basically. Oh, okay. Um, but lately, I'm trying to. I'm realizing as I get older that I wake up once the sun comes up. Like I, I it doesn't matter when I go to bed. I wake up at the same time, so I have to start going to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. something I've made a concerted effort in is just yeah. starting to have a bedtime, which I. I don't know, I guess I had insomnia when I was in like grade school, but as an adult now I'm pretty good. I've always been someone who goes to bed late, who who takes a while to fall asleep. Oh uh, yeah, I love yeah. to I love to stay stay up, mm -hmm. but I mean I, I've definitely learned learned that I notice a difference in how I feel in the morning. If I, I wear like these orange blue blocker goggles, if I have to, if I'm gonna read on my Kindle or something, yeah, I try not to look at something about looking at anything that involves people outside of you know people that i don't see on a regular basis like yeah. if i'm looking at facebook or something like somehow mm -hmm. that makes my sleep less restful yeah i think so it's, uh there's all yeah there's also the blue light the light actually is science the doctors have proven yeah that it's harmful we, I, we play uh the good stuff did a playlist about sleep oh really yeah check it out we went to uh, Stanford and we talked to a bunch of doctors. The guy who discovered I remember, REM I remember sleep. Yeah. Um, what's your so you didn't Charles. learn any stuff from that that made your sleep better? I did. I learned stuff, but I didn't really practice it. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm, I'm the gonna, goggles are great. But they we, look really dorky. Yeah, but we, but we are in the middle of like, uh, for me, like, uh, I'm changing gears now. I'm about to start having more scheduled video uploads, and yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have, make a more concerted effort to go to bed early because I've realized I'm more productive in the morning, but sometimes I'll sleep through the morning. Well, no, I won't sleep through the morning. I'll just go to bed too late and just be too tired in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I got to make sure I got to protect that time. I have to go to bed earlier so I can get up and be productive early yeah. in the morning. When's the time that you left money on the table in exchange for something else that was more important to you? <laughs> Never. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, it hasn't been. Uh, I feel like it. There, I've had time to. I've, I've had time to take on lots and lots of projects. Um, uh, and they're usually in line with your core values and yeah. such. They don't... Yeah, I mean, like I like, like I said, like the companies I've worked with have always pretty much allowed me to do whatever I want. Um, um, I'm trying to think of a, a time when I turned down money. Uh, I'll have to get back to you. Maybe that. it just didn't happen. I don't know. I, I, there has been times. I'm just I just have to think of them. Yeah. Um, what's the last book that you read? that changed the way that you saw something? Um, last book I read that changed? I just read uh, a book called Start With Why. Simon uh, Sinek. Yep. Sinek, or Sinek. Yeah. I said. Yeah, uh, and I just talked about it in a video, actually. Um, have, you ever, have you read it? I haven't read it. Are I mean, I feel, I feel like a lot of books, you hear the title, yeah. and you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. But I don't, but you get the philosophy, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it really, it really is something that I think about a lot, and it's sort of what's inspiring my change in direction now, which yeah. is, um, uh, like, if you look at uh, all the most, the, the biggest movements in business or in society, in culture or whatever, they, the, the most successful have been with leaders who uh, start with why, basically, like Steve Jobs, if you look at Apple compared to other companies, what the product that they're offering is not much different. Like you can get, you can get good computers that work, and yeah, you can get what you want from all of the companies, and a lot of them cheaper than Apple. Um, well, all of them <laughs> cheaper than Apple. Yeah, I, there might be certain you could point to certain things that Apple does better than other companies, but for the most part, you can get what you want from other companies. But what Steve Jobs has done is developed such a culture of um, of Apple, like a, a certain a certain philosophy that develops a following because because you understand what he wants, so you understand what the company believes, you understand yeah. that they believe uh, in thinking different, they believe in challenging the status quo and doing being on the cusp of new technology, and so they've developed this huge devoted following that has allowed them to you know, be so successful. Uh, he, he talks about like Martin Luther King doing the same thing, and and uh, uh, and goes through different ad campaigns that worked and didn't. Yeah, um, people are attracted to big ideas that yeah. have the, a bold visionary. Right, and if you're behind them, and if you don't have that, if you don't have that like reason why you're doing something, you end up. If you're a company, you end up being, you end up just trying to be original or trying to outpace the competition you're just yeah or do gimmicks to get people to buy things like sales and, and stuff and then that's never going to last that's always going to you're or it's just going to be a constant fight with other with other 
companies. You'll be thinking about vanity metrics and you're going to be in a, a yeah. reactive mode instead of thinking about what's really important, like not urgent, but important. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, you talked about Walmart, the founder of Walmart, Sam Walton, was he led this company and it was this beautiful thing and he had these, had these reasons why he was doing it, which were um, bringing you know products cheaply to rural areas where they don't where they, so they don't have to go far to get you know products. And when he died, his his uh, vision of why died with him. He didn't fit. He did. He was a he failed to communicate it to his son who took over and. Uh. Um, and so the company kind of he didn't I, inject into the, into the DNA of the company, right? And so I took I took that, and I'm I've, I'm applying that to everything. Like I'm, I'd rather when I when I start making a video or when I start doing making a joke or whatever, I think about like now why am I why am I making this? Yeah, like, is it just because I have to make a video? Is, is that hard just, to find? I think it. it I think it's. I, I think because on the surface, like oh, I make silly YouTube videos, but like <laughs> yeah. There's something underneath there. Yeah, it has to be more than that. Otherwise, I'm going to lose motivation, and I'm, it's just not going to be fun. You know. So I, uh, it, I, and I think I'm figuring it out. But I watched a lot of Dave Frank videos. Went back to what I, what I was, my core. What I, what I, the reason I started this, and so I'm, and I'm starting to enjoy it more because yeah. of that. Have you noticed anything about what was under Zay Frank's? Uh, yeah, I think I think. Um, I think I always kind of knew already, but but I think what he was developed, he was making, um, he was one of the first people to like just make such a strong community around around what he was making. He he was he was really about the activities, like inspiring people to do things and make things, um, and also having this consistent tone and uh, this long conversation throughout every video, basically. Um, it wasn't just I'm making a, a funny video today that's going to live on its own in isolation. There are some, you know, there's some profound lessons in in some of those videos. Oh yeah, I remember the one about uh, is it pattern breaking or something? Well, uh, bust a, busting your cycle. Busting yeah. your cycle, and he's like yeah. putting peanut butter all over his face. Yeah, as like an example of. You know, doing something that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, to he break also gets up like he gets up ridiculously early and walks around outside. I think like just, which is not part of his daily schedule. He's, yeah, which is a which is a healthy thing to do. I think busting your cycle. Right. I mean, that's one. I like to go spend a, a month or two months in various cities, yeah. and that's one of the things I like about it is that it disrupts my yeah. usual routines and it causes me to change them and I think part of moving to Austin for me is is getting out of this uh whatever bubble I might be in living in Chicago that I've been in for a decade yeah <laughs> well but I mean you work through the internet and stuff did you consider going and spending a month or two months in a place instead of up and moving entirely um well I've I've been to Austin many times so I kind of I guess that's not the question. I mean, I, st I stayed in uh, London for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went to, I went to uh, India for four days. I've traveled a lot, but I... But uh, there's something different about when yeah. you spend, when you go and like you live your actual yeah. life in a place. I've never, I've never done that. I've never just up and did that for, for no reason. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I should. Uh, now I've just ruined your entire <laughs> moving plan. This is what no, I've no. done. I've, I've lived in... Uh, 
gone to New York twice for a month. I've done mm -hmm. Buenos Aires for a couple months. I did a semester in Italy in college. Went to Austin for five weeks yeah. once. Medellin, Colombia. I keep going there, and now I'm just going to move there. Yeah. Um, is so, that, yeah. Is that why are you moving there? Is that one of your favorite places? or? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really the perfect weather. Um, it's it's cheap, comfortable living. <laughs> yeah. And you can learn Spanish. And there's and it attracts really interesting people. You know, people who are like, oh, I'm going to go live in Colombia <laughs> are, you know, they're not your typical. Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. I've never been to South America. You should uh, come check it out. Yeah. Well, can I can I stay with you? If I, if I check it out. Yeah, abs absolutely. Well, do you know where you're staying yet? Yeah, I do. I do. I do know where I'm staying. Yes. I okay. mean, if you don't mind sleeping on like a tiny couch that <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, I might have to fly solo without my wife, but I, I don't know. She doesn't want to go to. Oh no, I'm sure she she'd oh, want to okay, go. Yeah, yeah. She'd but wanna... it's like oh, there's not room on the couch because it, it is a tiny <laughs> yeah. couch actually. Uh, you can make a video about tiny couches. Yeah. There you go. Do you make your bed? Uh, Sometimes, uh, some and sometimes my wife does. But oh, okay. Actually, no, I don't. My wife does sometimes. <laughs> oh, but it's a, it's sometimes. It's yeah. not a thing for. Uh, for we we had a we have we go in spurts. Sometimes, like she'll make it every day for a while, and then lately we haven't been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've heard a million times, like, oh, you make your make your bed. You should. Yeah. And actually, surprisingly, very few of the guests. Yeah. Well, I can't. I actually just can't because. I wake up before my wife does, so I, I just yeah. Can't. That would be, that would be no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should try it. Some some she'll wake up in the morning and be like, I can't get out of the bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely tucked in. Uh, so, do you have a final message, based on everything that we're we're saying about how? I how really folks have can, to go to the bathroom. That's can, my final message. Can, <laughs> can, how folks can carve out success by their own definition. Um, uh, I guess the final message would be um, the best. The best thing. The best thing. The most successful thing that. Uh, Did you need a cup for? The <laughs> I really, I really do have to go. I just had a oh, bunch no. of coffee. I, I think. I think it's the most three seconds more. Yeah, the, the thing that has led to the most success for me has been to just start and and do something on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, it, it helps you get out of your own head. It helps you learn how to get better. Um, and that's pretty much it. Set limits for yourself and do something on a regular basis. Yeah. Where can people find more of you? At youtube.com slash wheezywaiter or twitter.com slash wheezywaiter. Those are probably the most active places. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I think this is going to be very helpful for a lot of people out there who are trying to create things. Well, so. thanks for having me. Thank you. Brought to you in part by Audible, and they'd like to give you a free audiobook. Choose from over 180,000 audiobooks on any subject you can imagine. Just go to cadavy.net slash audible to claim your free audiobook. There we have it. Notice how Craig looks back on his best creative output as being from when he had the most other things going on in his life. He had the constraint of just a few hours in the morning before heading to work, and he made the most of that time. 
Okay, so he had to skip a few nights of drinking with friends, but where would he be if he hadn't used Rock Bottom as his own personal launch pad? For another great story about bouncing back from Rock Bottom, check out Elise Bauer on episode 33. She was so sick, she had to move back in with her parents at the age of 40. And you won't believe what happened next. No, really, you won't. Um, you can't really tell anybody they won't believe something anymore. Upwardly kind of ruined it for everyone. And before I go, I've got to ask, do you like books? If you do, sign up for my book recommendations. About 90% will be nonfiction on subjects spanning from biographies to neuroscience. Just go to Kattegat.net slash reading and get the first set of recommendations right away. This has been Love Your Work, and I'm David Kattevy. The theme music for this show is CNU, performed by the album Leaf, courtesy of Sub Pop Records. Love Your Work is a production of Kattevy.